Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another Bald Move Pulp podcast. Today, we're talking about a scary little film. 2007's The Mist is directed by The Walking Dead's creator. Well, I guess the televised version's creator. Uh, it got complicated. He lost custody. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank Darabont. Written and directed, he also did the screenplay based on a novella, of course, called The Mist by Stephen King. It stars Thomas Jane. Everybody knows this guy. Detective Miller from The Expanse. Uh, Marcia Gay Harden, who's appeared in Mystic River, First Wives Club, and Space Cowboys. Lori Holden, another alum from The Walking Dead. She played Andrea. Andre Brar. Bronner. Uh, who's from Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Homicide, Life on the in the City or Life on the Streets. I can't remember what the subtitle that was. Toby Jones, who's been in Les Mis, Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy. He played Truman Capote in Infamous. William Sadler, who was Death in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. And finally, Jeffrey DeMunn, who played Dale from The Walking Dead. Lots and lots of uh, uh, Frank Darabont players. Jim, this is the first time I've seen this movie. Oh, I'm curious about your your you're the horror hound. I'm going to you for analysis. What what do you think of the the mist? Uh, yeah, I've seen this movie before, uh, and I remember this movie certain parts of it vividly. Um, because boy, they're uh, they're intense, and I remembered uh, just about everybody in this movie being a dick, and the movie didn't <laughs> disappoint on second watch in that regard either. Uh, there are like with few exceptions, all the characters are awful. Um, and then everybody remembers the ending of this movie. It's it's if you remember one thing about the mist, you remember the ending. Uh, and it's it, I won't say anything about it here. We're we're not going to talk spoilers yet. But man, when we get to it, uh, that'll be fun to talk about. I like this movie. Um, first time around, I like the movie. Second time around, uh, I think. This movie is ultimately about the heart of darkness of mankind in a way. It's 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 about what people do when they're scared and how easily the norms of our society that we've established will break down in the face of fear. Um, and I think that's, you know, where that's the thing that I really feel, okay, this is Stephen King. You know, this, I can tell this came from his mind because he loves that type of stuff. Uh, so I, I don't know. Second time through, I really enjoyed watching this boy. This movie makes me feel a lot of things. Uh, how about you? Uh, I didn't know what to expect. Um, I thought when the fog started rolling in, oh, it's going to be like corrosive or acid. It's going to start. It's going to be more of an environmental thing. Uh, So when Stranger Things stuff started happening, I was like, what the hell? And then it was also off putting in the beginning um, how quickly people kind of factionized and balkanized in this this small town um, grocery store. But I guess as events and, and because like I think probably in the novella this might have had a little bit more of a slow burn like there might have been a little bit more time to to detail like all the people's lives in this town and why they're kind of again and they do a little bit of like you know out of towners big city small city uh-huh. um and and by the by the midway point of the film i i feel like when the religious overtones started i was i was very receptive to those and i thought like <laughs> oh okay uh-huh. i can i've 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 known people like this yeah, so i yeah. can definitely see that and you know, the last decade of just looking at how politics and religion has changed in my lifetime, like uh, I could see mm-hmm. something like this really tearing apart. But like I, 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 I did feel like there was some in like the first, the second act where there was just uh, willful stupidity. Um, oh, yeah. There are a few moments like that. P- places where characters should run or characters should definitely do yeah. a certain thing and they just don't. Yeah. 
Yeah. But then again, like maybe people, maybe people are that uh, the crazy and stupid. I've I've uh, reevaluated <laughs> my stances on that of late. Yeah. Um, but and I I thought that uh, man the actual horror is pretty horrific in this. There's a couple things I'm I, I think especially susceptible to. Uh, if mm-hmm. you have uh, aversion to bugs, eight leg freaks. Uh, things like that. There is some really squirm, like you know, body horror on the level of anything you've seen in the Alien franchise. Oh yeah. Um, and the ending, I think, is what elevates this to uh-huh. something that's just an, another, like the the horror, the true. I never had sense of the word horror that that the character goes through. I don't even want to say who, if if, if cases your first time through. Mm-hmm is it's just it's just sickening uh (laughs) like the way they makes me want to recommend this to people because it's it's an ending that most movies wouldn't have the guts to do and there's a little bit of a history there too which we'll talk about oh cool uh there's an it's like an inversion of of the idea of a hopeful ending it's an ending uh that is devoid of that, but only for the main character, which I thought was really interesting. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I, that's, that's the thing I was thinking in like 15 minutes to go. This has been a pretty good monster movie. I've definitely like wanted to cover my eyes. I definitely wanted to avert my gaze. Uh, I've definitely gotten appropriately fucking sick and tired of this Marsha Gay Harden character <laughs> to the point her- where, when when they finally deal with her, you stand up and cheer. Like I kind of, yeah. I do, I do. Like thank God, finally someone has yeah. done something. Should have done um, this a day ago. Yep. You know that's the other thing. It's like I guess I've never been a Thomas Jane fan, and I don't know why. I think, um, I, I yeah, I, I don't know why because like I keep on seeing him in things that I think are excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this, he like is usually he plays characters who are very. You know, secure and in charge, and kind of like the guy, you know. Yeah. Um, and in this, like, I for the first act of the movie, he plays so reserved, so hesitant, so kind of shy and pulled back, um, not self assured. That uh, I really appreciated that he was able to go there because it makes you know the fact that him turning into like one of the few people that are effective in this grocery store uh, even even more impressive and more effective. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever seen his Punisher? I have. Yeah, is it good? Uh, I remember thinking it was, but I was like a late teen at the time. I think so. Yeah, I I couldn't tell I, you. I got into my head that he made a shitty Punisher, and I guess I held it against him, and I never really saw him in anything until the Expanse. And of course, you know, if you've seen the Expanse, you know that he's really, really good in that. I feel like I need to go back and revisit some of his catalog because I, I thought it was pretty incredible. Um, you know, Frank Darabont, this is like the third in his Stephen King trilogy. Um, it seems like he's got a real simpatico connection to that material. Like he really understands mm-hmm. what it is about Stephen King's work uh, that that ticks. And this is by far the most horrific of this, you know, like uh, the Green Mile's not not horrific, but it's the supernatural <laughs> there is okay. is a mere suggestion uh, there's nothing supernatural as far as I can tell in the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. And then this is just like full on 1950s monster movie. Um, yeah. And it's, it's movies like this and th- that are thematically dark that I thought would bring a very cool voice to the walking dead when he started that. Um, and it did, I think season one is in a lot of ways, a high mark for that entire show. Um, that's now in its 11th and final season. Uh, so yeah. I, yeah, I, I really appreciate what he brought to this, and it turns out he brought quite a bit to this because Stephen King's uh, original novella is has a very different ending. That's what Cecily told me because I, you know, after after we got done watching, I, um, she mentioned that that was because she had just read the novel coincidentally like three weeks ago, the oh, novella. Wow. Okay, and uh, she had seen the movie before, and um. She had she'd, she'd mentioned at the end of the movie that that was radically different. And I'm like, in what way? And when she told me, I was flabbergasted <laughs> because I felt like this ending is extremely Stephen King. And then I went on to read that, like, you know, this is like pretty common knowledge that he loves this adapt adaptation, which yes, is kind of rare yeah. for Stephen King material. Mm-hmm. And that he was jealous that Frank Darabont thought of the ending <laughs> to this film uh, that yeah. he didn't didn't quite uh, nail. Or I guess it kind of it just it just ends before this film 
ends. Sure. Sure. That makes sense. Uh, what else do we want to say? Like spoiler free. Um, I guess the only thing I could say is like, um, I thought the special effects really held up. I was worried that, you know, really? there's going to be a lot of CGI that didn't work. I felt like the dark, misty locations helped out a lot of that. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of tentacly things that I didn't yeah. think was um, quite making physical connection with the physical props. And but like the overall horror of what was happening, like I, I didn't really pay attention to it. And then when you get some of the more bug stuff, I thought that stuff just uh-huh. seemed rock solid. The, the bug uh, stuff is better. I think the tentacle stuff is kind of bad. And I'm I'm hmm. surprised that it's so bad because it's 2007. It's not like we haven't had the Matrix sequels. Uh, it, it's not like we can't do CGI properly. I, I don't know what the budget of this film was. 18 million. That might that be. That seems pretty high for the special effects that I saw. Really? Because I thought like yeah. 18 million in 2007, like, I, you yeah. know, that, that that's pretty good for what got on the screen. Because there's some stuff that just like, especially towards True. the end of the film that work in kind of like a fucked up Jurassic Park kind of way where it's just like, look at the majesty. Um, yeah. And I guess I'm looking at this through uh, an $18 million today lens. You could do a lot more with CGI with $18 million oh, today sure. than you could in for 2007. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel you. Um, I don't know. I, I was a little distracted by the let's say uh i don't know lackluster cgi in spots it, it yeah it just the lighting is kind of off on that stuff it doesn't doesn't quite feel like it fits into the world that they that is on screen but yeah and i yeah but, but some of it is I, really I thought, good those bugs are, are great yeah and that's the bulk of the the action yeah. um i'm trying to think anything else like uh, I was the spiders trying, I was, and the the body horror stuff. That that stuff is also very good looking. Oh yeah, even though a, a lot, lot of it that, is CG. Yeah, a lot of the like effects on the the, the involving people it looked like they were pretty. Uh, um, what do you call it? Practical, and yeah. they're always going to look as good as they do. I also thought that I, I was trying to think. The only thing that um, didn't leave much of an impression on me at all is the music, because like I don't. Like I was just sitting down this morning and I was collecting my thoughts about it, and I'm like, I don't even the music in this film didn't even register. It must have been all right. <laughs> it registered for me because there's one scene where they get into a truck, uh, and if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. It, they hit the brown note for a solid minute, a solid <laughs> minute. They do not let up. My subwoofer was going crazy. It was the plaster yeah. in my ceiling was coming off and and raining down on my head because of that note. It's crazy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do we have anything else we want to talk non-spoiler? Should I? Should we kind of usher in the spoiler section? Yeah, let's talk about it. Okay, if you haven't seen this movie, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but here is kind of the rundown. Uh, this is a movie about a man who lives with his family in somewhere in the Pacific Northwest, which m- m- might be Maine in the novella, if I know by Stephen King. Uh, and they live on a, a lake. Uh, he did, you know, with with a bunch of other kind of wealthy artisans and lawyers uh, his next door neighbor is a lawyer a high-powered lawyer might be a, a federal court a court judge one day he is an illustrator of of movie posters and book covers currently working on what looks like a bunch of stephen king's greatest hits and uh, a an eerie fog rolls in from the mountains one day uh the man decides to go to town to help his neighbor out uh and while they're in the supermarket they get trapped in here by the fog and it, the fog is not so much the danger, but what the fog is concealing. And it is then becomes a survival film where a good portion of this small town is stuck in the supermarket trying to decide what the best course of action is. If they need to leave, it's troubled by those factions like, again, the, the, the out of towners who have the money are kind of at war against the small town folks who are more blue collar and haven't had college degrees and whatnot. Uh, there's religious fault lines that are exposed uh, and it's a, it's a tight little kind of survival horror film. 
And you should see it for the ending alone. Uh, yeah. Two hours right. long. Um, yeah. Pretty trim. Efficient. Yeah. It, it doesn't feel like it drags anywhere. Uh, uh, you called it the fog. Now, I did I say the sure. fog? It's the mist. No, I, I mean, you called what comes in fog. Ah. And they specifically call it mist in this. And don't get this movie confused with the fog, which is an entirely right. different movie, which I've not seen. So I don't, I don't know how good or bad it is. But yeah, the mist is what we're watching. Uh, so let's talk about it. Where do we want to start? Um, I, I, I think the biggest flaw of this film, and it's not, it's not fatal, but it was really fucking annoying me while I was going on, is I felt like some of the reactions that people had to this thing were extremely bizarre in both the complete lack of seriousness that they took the situation um, in places where I just felt like it was unrealistic for people to be so devil may care about going out into that mist. You know, there'd already mm-hmm. been people running in covered in blood and people behind them screaming, getting drug off into the fog. And Thomas Jane's like, I hear this thing thumping against the door. And these rednecks are like, Whoa, city boy with your college degree. I don't think so. And like, what mm-hmm. the fuck? And, yeah. While I was processing that craziness, then they go to Andre Bra- uh, Bronner's character, and I felt like his animus. Like, they'd set it up, and they told me that he has kind of a chip on his shoulder about this small town, and there might be a racial component and all that. But, like, it, it wasn't advanced enough for someone to be completely like, I'm not even going to look at your evidence. I'm not. You guys are playing a joke on me. I'm going to bet my fucking life on the fact that you're just fucking with me. I felt mm-hmm. like they didn't really connect that stuff. Have you read the novella? No, I haven't. Did it, did that just work better for you or is that just um, kind of a horror thing where people are just going to be stupid and you just have to. Yeah. A lot of this is like the, the, there's a scene in here where they go next door to the pharmacy to try and pick up drugs to save a guy's life. And they stand around while spiders hatch, while monsters shoot webs, uh, acid webs at them, and they just fucking stand around. They just look around. They stay there for a good minute and a half when they should have been out the door a long time ago. Yeah, that stuff's going to happen in horror movies. Uh, I, I don't get too worked up about it. And yeah, I guess like this, this heightened sort of animosity between these people mostly worked for me. I felt like it, it really works the religion religious component, which I want to talk about later. And that just might be because I, you know, I, that uh, if, if you know, if you're a long-term bald move listener, you know that that's kind of an angle that I'm, that I'm uh, interested in, but the stupidity in the horror, the, 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 the stupidity in a horror genre that is the engine that drives the action. I think, I don't know. Every time I see this stuff, I think it could be better. Like, yeah, I, the, you're right. The thing in a the pharmacy, these people, <laughs> uh, just the silliness of, okay, one person is dying because they need medicine. Let's risk eight people's lives. We're going to lose three of those. Like that just seems mm-hmm. stupid. But then the way they treat the threat where it's like one of them goes down to acid webs and they're all like, oh, let's triage this guy in the middle of the acid web arena. Right. Right. And oh, and, and before then, I'd already was treated to the completely brain dead light scene. Like oh, these guys got lights God, up yes. against the windows and the bugs start attracting. And these people live out in the country. They know uh, how they bugs know. work. They know. And they're like, tur- like, and then the half the store is like, turn off the fucking lights as the back half is flooding the lights because they need more light. And I'm just like, this is just after they had just go- talked about, we don't use these lights except in an emergency where something gets in here. And then they're using the lights a scene later when nothing is in the shop. It's crazy. And it in it uh, and and it just goes on and then finally someone says like maybe the lights are attracting the bugs like five minutes after it's painfully obvious what's going on yeah. stuff like and I'm like I think there is a way that they could do the same thing but make the characters not be completely stupid for example like maybe that they had been trying to get the lights to work all day mm-hmm. and they'd kind of given up because something was wrong in the generator. And at the worst possible moment, the generator fires up like like yeah, you know, somebody's just, in back working on it. They don't know what's going on up front. Right. Boom, and then suddenly on, and they're like, shut the lights off, shut the lights just off. As, yeah. Just as Jeffrey DeMunn figures out, I need to turn off my fucking lantern. The guys in back get the generator going and now the lights and now it's it, it, that's well, drama, it, I, baby. 
That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but like when I'm just seeing people flailing around like chickens with their heads cut off, I there's a there's a point where I'm like, you know what? Fuck all y'all. Die. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, <laughs> I feel you. Uh, and, and I was really walking that tightrope line with a lot of these characters. Like, I don't really want to yeah. see it because it's going to be gross and I don't need to see spider eggs popping out of people's orifices and stuff. But like, y'all kind of deserve it. You, 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 mm-hmm. you, 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 especially you need to die screaming. Um, yeah, the tone of this movie is a little strange because there are moments like, you know, classic slasher horror movies where characters make idiotic decisions and that drives a little bit of the plot. But like then the movie wants to take itself ultra seriously at times, too, and and talk about the, the heart of darkness inside of people. You know, it's mm-hmm. th- there is like this sort of flip flop back and forth. And I think it mostly works. I, I don't think this is like the best movie I've ever seen. But I think they get to a point and, and a couple of things that like uh, Thomas Jane, a couple of his lines about why people are acting the way they are, I, I think really hit home and set like a darker tone. But yeah, when you're seeing people flop around inside a store they should have left 10 minutes ago, it's crazy. I, I will say I, the, the neighbor stuff works a little bit better for me because they've established a history of this stuff between them. Mm specifically right like thomas jane and andra andre brower uh it's a brower have i think it's brower have a a history as neighbors um i guess he sued them already um for something i i can't are they got in a fight they don't they don't paint like a a clear super clear picture of it but there's some animosity from the previous year yeah yeah and it's like there is some hostility between the people who you know have grown up there versus the people who have moved in. There's an economic and educational disparity. Like I, I get that. I feel like that it could have been played. Uh, if you fix all the problems of the stupid people, uh, mm-hmm. maybe that does. You'd have more room to like allow that stuff to be of a slow burn. Um, yeah. And I felt like because some of the things like the way they developed this mist, you know, where it's like, well, there's kind of it's in the center of weird weather, and you had this violent storm. And this mist is rolling in from the mountains and, you know, neighbors like, well, my car's crushed. Can you help me get in there? And they're driving and there's like, you know, all these utility companies coming through and then there's military like, you know, convoys coming through and there's this this strange kind of energy and you get to this. Mm -hmm. And and I, I felt like them introducing the concept of the mist and there's something out there that's dangerous, but we don't know what it is. Um, I thought the way they handled that was really well. So like some of the other abrupt changes, again, if you, if you had these people be less stupid or maybe they could be stupid, but you slow burnt the development of the tensions and, and made it feel like the stress of the situations driving people apart rather than them. I just like, cause I got the sensation that like these guys were just waiting for something to go wrong to start like picking on each other. Oh, I think that's part of the the commentary here, right? Is that society is like that. You know, we are yeah. we're tenuously tied together with this civil pact that we've made with each other. Yeah. And as soon as that breaks down, we're at each other's throats. We're killing each other. We're getting ours. We're, you know, we're we're doing all the horrible things that you can imagine. Um, so so I think like that is the point. But I don't know if if yeah maybe they could have uh, you know excised some of the stupidity and and dwelt a well, little the, longer on that the other thing that i think that this is a stephen king hallmark and it's not something that i think is the greatest of his is that he tends to like put all of his virtues in the uh, characters and all the vices and others hmm. like yeah. the most pig-headed stupid ones that are the most r- ready to put themselves in harm's way are also the most cowardly ones that are completely incapable of any kind of dynamic action once the plan blows up in their face yeah yeah and i felt like they could have done a lot too by like, okay, maybe uh, the one trucker cap guy who's got all is all pissed off about, you know, Thomas Jane's fancy faint paintbrushes and college education or whatnot could also mm-hmm. when shit went pear shaped and guys started getting pulled out of loading dock, he could have got grabbed an ax. So he's just not a complete fucking useless asshole. Yeah. But then they also make him, but I, and I, I don't know. I feel like that's, that undermines the social messaging a little bit because I think it's I think it's a disservice to tell people that like, well, you just got dumb, weak minded idiots and they're going to mm-hmm. be the ones susceptible to all the because he's also one of the ones that really carries the church lady who we've kind of talked around literally carries her water in the final acts. Yeah. And like that's not 
that's not congruent with my experience at all. Like, I think mm-hmm. it's, it's almost like sometimes the most intelligent people are the f- ones that um, get so convinced of their thinking process uh, that they go off half cocked. Uh, or it, it's it's certainly not just the the slow witted, uh, uneducated people that like. And I feel like that's a little yeah. Stephen King elitism kind of creeping in. And yeah, I, it's yeah, like I said, it just not, felt like it could have been more balanced. Yeah, it's people of all types. Um, you know, the people are complicated. Uh, and that's the thing, though. I, I, there's one moment with him that I really like, and it's when they take him back. Uh, the William Sadler is that his name? Uh, when they take yeah, him yeah, back yeah. to the loading dock, and he sees, you know, all the shit goes down with Norm, and and afterward, Thomas Jane goes up to him and just punches him in the face a few times, and like, now do you see, you idiot? He shows a little humility here, and that was surprising to me because this type of character I didn't think would do that. It, eventually, he goes back on all that, and, and he turns out to be a real asshole again. But right, he he showed like a spark of of humility and humanity there that was surprising in that moment. See, I I didn't take it as humility. I took it as Thomas Jane went from being in his mind this kind of like weak, ineffectual beta male to this guy who's swinging axes and like the only one like him and the store manager assistant store manager the only two guys that were doing a goddamn thing right and this trucker cap guy just revealed himself to be useless and he just he couldn't stop thomas jane from whipping his ass if he wanted to so he's kind sure. of like turning over his it's just like it's it's not it's not humility so much as a like a dog you know turn rolling over on its back and pissing itself like that's not the dog being humble hmm. that's a dog being fearful it, and weak right it, it wasn't just the beating he took there was something he said i can't remember exactly what it is but there's something he said that about him being right um and 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 maybe like saying something like i was i was wrong i was foolish or something i mean Uh, i I guess it's easy to to make that it's easy to make that concession when the floor is slick with the kid's blood that you just got killed and you did nothing you didn't even turn off the goddamn generator uh yeah but he turns around by the end of the the thing and becomes a real asshole again yeah yeah um, the other is like some of the also some of the stuff is like comedy. The I found mm-hmm. it hilarious their inability to get these these mops lit that they'd staged for like defense, <laughs> uh-huh. and then the second they do, <laughs> like one of the more useful useless characters grabs a mop, lights it, steps in the bucket, flips it over, sets his ass on fire, mm-hmm. and like I, I even though that scene started off really tense, by the time this guy is flame walking <laughs> and he's uh-huh. like stumbling onto the wire rack of the books, woof, it goes up. Oh, I'm going, here's a display of wicker <laughs> furniture. Woof, right. like half the store's on fire. I'm like, oh, burn you fuckers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, him dying of his third degree burns is what causes a, a ha- a, you know another big survivor wave to get peeled off. Huh. I just, uh, man, I think this movie would have been a 10 for 10 if they'd pulled the stupid throttle back to about 75% and pulled the social co- uh, unrest commentary back about 75%. Because I felt if they did hmm. that, this movie would have felt really fucking real, especially in light of like some of the you know, society's reactions we've seen to communal threats uh, oh, of, yeah. of late. Oh yeah. Um, and that's why, like, man, I, I, I was like, if I'd seen this like in 2007 or 2008, I really would have rolled my eyes. Um, hmm. but you know, it just goes to show me, um, here, here's the other thing. I remember every single person in this movie being a dick and boy, I was, pretty much uh that was pretty much upheld by the end of this movie there are like three people four people maybe who aren't dicks out of what a hundred who aren't the dicks uh, who, who's thomas who jane no is not a award? dick thomas jane not a dick uh Lori holden not a dick Lori holden not a dick also she's she's on the mount rushmore of completely losing your shit ugly criers <laughs> this is a movie <laughs> I was kind of expect as 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 like the the final shape of this movie was coming. I'm like, oh man, she's gonna fucking do it. She's gonna do the uh-huh. thing. She didn't, but no. she's she's also not an asshole. Uh, Jeffrey Dimon, not a total dick, and, right? And the guy who plays Ollie, I don't know the actor's name. Uh, not a total dick. The old lady that made the bug spray blowtorch, also not a dick. She's 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 oh, also old, one of the, the self-professed old bitty. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's, <laughs> she's also great. 
She's also pretty great. Yeah, those and four people MP. get a pass. Um, is is he an MP or is he just uh, what is he? He's about to ship out or he's on leave or something? Oh yeah, yeah. They, I I don't know. Like I feel like all the guys in the military base are honorary assholes because they caused the whole thing. Sure. Sure. And also they knew it and they could have told people a hell of a lot sooner than they did, like what was up and maybe save some lives. But they kept all that because yeah. they're trying to save their own skin. Oh, that's the thing. The The other thing uh, to mention about this mist, you, you touched on it briefly, um, how they they sort of like slow play. OK, what is the mist? You know, it's it's not dangerous because of what it is, but what's inside it. And I love how the thing inside of it keeps evolving. So the right. the. I would assume like the uh, thing here could be, oh, there's just one monster in there, right? Or one type of monster. And so you see these tentacles. I'm thinking, oh, God, we're going to have to deal with tentacles the entire time. But then the next thing you see is these bugs flying around. And you're like, oh, God, that's horrible. There's bugs and tentacle monsters in this thing. And and then you see the spiders. And then you and it keeps escalating. And every time I thought I knew what was in this mist, it changed. And that gave it a real feel, feeling of like, oh, the world is being taken over. This isn't even right. This isn't even something where like we could defeat a monster and just it would go away. But th- the, there is another universe coming into ours that has a full spectrum of life that just wants yeah. to kill us. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's uh, an entire alien ecosystem invasive yes. invading our our planet. It um, almost feels like what it must feel like for uh, a a bird or a bug or something to see humans come in and start building buildings in their backyard. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. It it almost turns that on its head. Yeah. Um, It is. uh, It's crazy. And like the way, the way they kept on uh, introducing those, like it was like the tentacle and those tentacles, man. I mean, we're underselling it. If you haven't seen this movie, I don't know why you're listening to it, but like, these things are nasty. They're mm-hmm. they're lined with these razor sharp fangs. There's mouths in the middle of them, and they can just like touch you and just tear hunks of t- hunks of your flesh off. Yeah. Um. And like when the bugs like they're disgusting, big fat is like thump, la- landing on the, the 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 glass, and then the things that are preying on them are even worse. Um. But, but you know, I I fucking hate spiders. We've talked about this. If you watch the highlight reel of us watching the Iraq, Iraq Nephobia movie, I am like a seven year old little boy, uh, just completely in, in in horror of what I'm seeing. When they go in that pharmacy and it becomes clear that they keep on running into webs, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> and those spiders are horrifying. They look like yeah. human skull faces. Mm-hmm. They come in bite size packages, dog size packages, and like car size packages. Because just when you think that, like, oh my God, these things that are roughly the size of a Rottweiler are OP, then the one that's the size of a Volvo shows up. Yeah. Um, and they get even bigger. Because I think I was looking mm-hmm. at like the end of the scene, like as the military is kind of going through and mopping things up, I was like, oh, it looked like there was like a big piles of brush on fire, but I realized that that was just an even larger version of the spider just collapsed into itself burning. Um, I, 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 those I think might be my least favorite with the, with the acid webs. (laughs) Yeah. I think those might've been my least, least favorite of, uh, and and they lay eggs inside of you. they rapidly hatch. Yeah. (sighs) Fuck all that. Nasty. Uh, Mm. the other thing about the mist is I, I was trying to figure out while watching this movie, why the bugs or whatever these things are, let's call them aliens. Why the aliens can only attack in the mist. Um, and if you're, you know, inside, you're kind of safe. And I get the impression that this was kind of just their atmosphere. Um, you know, it came through so this window saying. that they talk about. But like, that's strange to me because it didn't affect humans at all. They could walk out in it and breathe it, no problem. So it didn't seem like they required the mist. Almost like, hey, their world is just very misty. And when the window opens, the mist rolls in. They don't need it, though, because they can fly around the store they can you yeah. know, do whatever in the the human's atmosphere but it just it kind of is it comes with the package 
Yeah, I thought that too. That that must be their atmosphere, but why isn't it killing people? And I'm like, well, maybe it was like super humid on their planet, and then it hits like the cool air of the Pacific mm-hmm. Northwest and just instantly fuck. I fuck. I don't know. Uh, it seems to clear that the, the other odd things that seems to clear up as the bugs are being cleared. Yeah. Maybe they manufacture it. I I don't know. It's that, that's the thing is like. I think one of this movie's strengths is it's not super interested in answering any of those questions. Sure. And I guess the er, the Frank Darabont's first run at this script was went into a lot more explaining. Like it opened up at a scene in the lab where you know it's kind of like in Half Life where Gordon pushes the crystal <laughs> and out of the resonance and then shit starts happening. Yeah. And uh, it was Andre Brower who talked to to um, or to, for, talked Darabont out of doing that. And Darabont said, I, I read an interview that like that would have been the, the one of the world's most expensive cutting cutting room floor scenes because it was a special effects laden. And he agreed ultimately that the less we know about these things, the better, because I, I think that you yeah. would things with you, you'd start having questions and things would fall apart. Like, yeah, what is this fog? Is it their atmosphere? Why can we? It's scarier if you don't know, right? I I think always. Oh, in every in almost every horror movie, the mistake thing that gets made is over explaining, and Mm -hmm. the more you know, I mean, this is axiomatic. The more you know about something, the less fearful it is. Sure. Um. I think one of the things that makes this movie work, despite the fact that it's loaded with so many stupid people, is I really enjoyed Thomas Jane's relationship with his son. And I thought his son is very good at being particularly vulnerable, scared little boy. Um, I like the so many of the scenes like they establish that he's a good dad. and They have a good relationship and he's over there, you know, um, uh, helping with the neighbor and um that that the 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 point in the movie where the little boy has been like the second day and he's like I need you to make your very best promise to me daddy mm-hmm. I need you to promise me that you won't let them get me and how that kind of like folds into the end of the movie man <sighs> yeah I, I, what did you think of this kid I thought he was pretty incredible no I think you're right um, I. I I probably would have noticed it more, but there, there was a big question mark in my mind the entire time. But yeah, I thought I thought he was, I thought he was very good, uh, and the scenes he has both. I like the little, you know, surrogate family that sort of forms here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Thomas Jane is obviously this kid's dad, but then you've got, uh, I don't know her actual name in this movie, Lori Holden, who kind of becomes. Uh, a caretaker of the child while Thomas Jane is off trying to do stuff to get them out of the situation. Uh, and I felt that was a, uh, that was a very warm relationship that developed there between all of them. And it really needs to be for that ending to work. Uh, everybody needs to be excellent. Everybody, you need to feel like everybody cares about each other. And I felt like they nailed that. However, there's one, I mentioned this question mark that was in my head this entire time, and it's the mom, mom slash wife. Yeah. They go through this entire two-hour movie not mentioning her, not thinking about her, not showing her. This movie and these, and these characters, the shocking thing is these characters, the her husband and her son never even think about her once they're in this situation. They never say, I've got a wife at the lake house who probably is in trouble. I need to go help her. Let me do that. The kid never says, daddy, is mommy okay? Never, not once in this entire movie. And I kept looking for that line and it just never came. I think a couple of times the kid did say he wants his mommy. He was always um, like, I want to go home. I, I never yeah. heard him say, like, is mom okay? Hey, can we go home? The mommy. It was always just, I want to go yeah. home. You're not wrong overall because I don't think even if they did some, they didn't do enough. Because, it, um, in fact, I was confused about where they were going at the end of the film until I realized, oh, this is his house. And um, he's checking yeah. on his wife. And, of course, that house had already been compromised. But I, I, I like I like that, that they drawn, you know, like, oh, this is my granddad's tree that I painted, that I, that he had planted himself, and I got this special relationship with it, and it's the thing that ultimately 
yeah. you know, destroys his family, I guess. But it's, it's yeah, they, yeah, they they needed a couple more minutes with her. They needed a cell phone conversation where she's like, I'm fine. I'm. But I also wonder, like, why didn't she go into basement? But then, but then again, like that was they were establishing that that's probably the first place got hit by the fog, the, the uh-huh. mist. Yeah, they see it so right at the beginning. It's hard to blame someone for like not sheltering in place when fog rolls in. Right. <laughs> you know, like right. you dumb bitch. Didn't you see the <laughs> mist? Didn't you, Didn't know? you know? Yeah, like come on. Didn't you like yeah. But um it, it it was it was I almost feel like it would have been better if they just written her out of the movie because yeah. that um was just you know that 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 whole scene of him kind of quietly losing his shit so his son didn't know is completely upstaged from him completely losing his shit 10 uh-huh. minutes from then so it's like maybe just take her out and make the movie a little bit tighter or again i felt like the the only t- the only the only plot the only stupid plot they gave time to breathe and i think it's the one that worked the the the, the best is the religious plot yeah we should talk about that boy <sighs> I fucking hate this plot. This it, it's great. Don't get me wrong. Right, right. This right. makes Not me it's angry bad. to my yes. core. I cannot tell yes. you how pissed off I am at this person and these people in general when I'm watching this part of the movie. The monologue that she has right before she gets shot, where it's just this complete laundry list of this self-victimization, this this long list of grievances that she's been managing and bl- all this blame that she's putting on everybody. Um, it's I don't know. It's really instructive. Um, and like I, it also like the other thing that really triggered the shit out of me is she reminds me of my mom in like three different levels. Like there's a little bit of oh, a physical boy. resemblance there. There is this like this contemptuous like judgment of people and being mm-hmm. kind of like when like, yeah, it's like, well, they're doing the wrong thing and they're going to get theirs. And when they then get theirs, like not in ha- like not even having the grace to feel bad, but like kind of like being being happy with the fact that your judgment against them came true. It, and, and I it was love, a lot. So this is a really well told part of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the fact that I get so pissed off is evidence of that. Uh I love how this woman goes from we are being judged and we are uh, going to get what we deserve to those people are going to get what they deserve. Those people are the cause yeah. of it. They, you know, it and it so smoothly transforms from we to they that you almost don't even see it happen. But, I thought it was great her holding that seance in the toilet and she's like praying to God uh, about like, how can I leave I these people to grow? Where it how, switches, how, yeah. how can I lead them to grace? How can I help these people? And, and Lori Holden walks in and I thought she was going to be like, aha, this is God's sign as my first disciple. But she just coldly rejects her as some kind of I, I, did. Did they did they establish her as being a woman of ill repute? I don't even know what that means. But like in this small town, I'm guessing she was unmarried and had a child like because like she started like oh, calling her be. whore and slut and stuff like that. And I'm like, where did that come from? Because like I just thought Lori Holden was just a lady in the the right the supermarket. Um, That's what I see her as, too. But there must be some small town, you know, backstory here. Right. Or she's just an out of town and she just assumes like you're from the big city. So you must have no no morals of any kind. Um, hmm. Yeah. Don't really know much about her. But like the the way she she turned on a dime of like, you know, wanting to help people to like, oh, well, not this type of person, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought that was interesting. And, And the fact that she. You know, the the people that I think you're supposed to identify with this, the smart people are like, uh, like pointing out what she's doing, like because she start off making like these vague kind of apocalyptic gestures. And then those kind of sort of prove true. And then she had a couple lucky breaks, like that wasp landing on her and not stinging the shit out of her. Right. Because she held still like she spawned that and like, well, that's God's. And, and, and I I mean, I do have a little bit of sympathy if like the world is literally ending, you know, like if you're if you're. <laughs> if your town is being swallowed by a fog bank that happens to have demons in it, like, I don't know. Like uh-huh. I've always said that uh, I'm, I'm pretty secular atheist, but if I w- went outside to pick up the paper and like in 500 mile high letters, there's a flaming tetragrammaton and the moon turns to blood. 
I might hit my knees and start praying again because shit. That's I mean, first I check sign. Elon, I check Elon Musk's Twitter account, make sure he's not pranking us, uh, and <laughs> make then sure he's not fuck. Yeah, and yeah, then, but like, and then I would think, okay, are these aliens? I mean, that that would be my number one thing. Like, what kind of alien uh, our encounter are we having here? Because that's at least a natural phenomenon. I could, I could. Talking like to, a man who's going to fall on the fearful judgment of the Most High. I know you're, wait, you're wasting know. valuable knee praying time, Jim. Trying the, the, to trying to most, check Twitter and <laughs> the Most High being uh, what's his name, William? Uh, fuck, I can't think of his name. The the the, the, uh, the yokel dude from this movie. Oh oh oh, that guy. Um, yeah, I. But 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 the the, the way that people. Um, sided with her when she started being you know like a, like had the appearance of right in the fat and yeah they were always the smallest contingent in the supermarket but they were also the ones that like took up arms against everybody first mm-hmm. and then like used them like well what the fuck you can't hold us hostage here is like you know justification of their actions i thought oh yeah infuriating like you, you described it like it just makes me super angry to hear this person talk and it's like this this double whammy right like you're already in a situation where you feel powerless uh if, right. if you're thomas jane and and laurie holden you, you already feel powerless because there are monsters outside you can't leave the store you you have no communication you don't know what's happening and then you get this second punch uh of the combo coming in where oh now you're actually powerless inside the store as well you know you thought you had sanctuary but then this is happening inside and it's turning on you and there's nothing you can really do to stop it either. Uh, the, the, the events are unfolding in such a way that she's going to be believed and she is, I, I mean, what could you do? What could you do? You could kill her, uh, way too early, like so early that it's not justified. Right. Uh, or you can hope that, yeah, that what happens in this movie will happen and you can kill her at a, an opportune moment that will, uh, then turn the tide, I guess. But mm. I don't know. I went, man. Ollie's another character that that I like a lot. Uh, he he's is that the Toby Jones character. I yes, yes, don't know. Is. Sure, okay, yeah, it is. Uh, he's constantly underestimated, and mm-hmm. I like that because of his stature, because of what he looks like. You know, they're 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 reading him uh, like a a bad book cover. But he's actually super capable. You know, he I love the gun scene, right? When uh, I keep wanting to say Andrea, when Lori Holden pulls the gun out of her purse and is like, well, I've got this. My husband wanted me to have it. I don't really know like that that well how to shoot it. And Ollie's mm-hmm. like, oh, I, I can shoot. And everybody's like, what? Come on, man. You can't shoot. Look at you. And he's like, oh, yeah, I was a state champion in 1994. And, <laughs> and stays himself. There's, yeah. there's a couple scenes where I thought, sure, like uh, when he's trying to line the beat up on that pterodactyl looking thing and oh, uh, Thomas Jane's kid? son is in the yeah. thing. I'm like, oh, this is going to be some kind of tragic. But he followed the four firearm safety rules and he made sure of his target and what laid behind and waited until Thomas Jane got his kid out of the way and yep. uh, got the thing. Yeah, he and then rolling on in with that snub nosed revolver when, you know, a high priest lady is, oh, is at her yes. and they're, they're like starting to like, you know, menace the people and war and like Thomas James trying to protect like his group of three or four people against these people with knives and shit. And he's coming I mean, rolling they're, they're in there. Shouting, she's shouting, kill him, kill, kill them, all. kill them, kill all. them. Yeah. yeah. And we just saw her sacrifice one of the soldiers who yeah, uh-huh. maybe deserved it. Maybe he didn't. But uh, then then the guy coming in and just plugged her and he's like man if, I, if there's any or, and Thomas Jane's like thank you and then he starts feeling guilty about it he's like you know if there's any other way he's like that's why I said that's why I said thank you yeah because uh, there wasn't you did the right thing man Um, yeah no the, the man I stood up and cheered at that moment that is the highlight of the movie for me <laughs> Um, I also really liked it when they made it out of the store and they made it to the, the harrowing distance between them and the Land Rover or whatever. And then Thomas Jane, I don't know why, but he puts on every fucking light in the thing and then they do a drive-by of the uh, of, of the store, what they're, they're, they're leaving behind. And I was like, man, I would have uh, flipped the birds and pressed right. him against all those people. But <laughs> right. I don't blast them with their lights. Why? What is these people's fixation with turning on their lights? Do you not? Have you ever driven in, in heavy fog, Jim? I have. And he blasts. He doesn't just turn on 
his headlights he turns on the 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 <laughs> the running lights the fog lights the overhead work lights he's he's, he's got, turning it all on it's a terrible idea it's like a led zeppelin laser light show he's driving <laughs> around here and like if again if you haven't driven in fog the last thing you want to do is turn on lots and lots of lights. In fact, right. you know, those fog lights that are very low to the ground and low mm-hmm. intensity. Those are designed to drive around in foggy conditions. I just like, yeah, oh, you don't man, even want like, your why? headlights on. It just blinds no. you. Why would you want to attract? Plus, why would you want to? We already know they're shitting the this this thing that's attracted to the light. Why would you want to advertise your? I was sure. actually surprised that like once they got to the car, they felt like they were completely safe. And yeah. There was that, I don't know what you would call that, a fucking three-story praying mantis. There was that uh, six-legged brontosaurus with the stomach tentacles. Mm -hmm. Um, I I thought that they would be fucked with more. But, like, once I got in that Land Rover, they were pretty much completely safe, it felt like. Yeah, the the very Cthulhu-esque. I I don't even, I can't even describe it. Yeah, it's this giant walking. I love that insect that has tentacles coming off of its its torso uh just like a ton of small ones it's crazy look it's cthulhu-esque right yeah uh, no i like and, and it's it's illustrated like uh like a magic the gathering card because it's like the it's yeah. true bulk is partially shrouded in mist and it's like gives you the size of this of the size and grandiosity but it's also not like com- it's not hostile or it doesn't seem to be it's just kind of mm-hmm. like roving around man yeah, uh, I like that. That was the like a, that's the fucked up Jurassic Park part where it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is really cool and majestic and gross. Um, and then, then I guess the end, the end. Yeah. Um, where he's got four bullets and five people left and he's got a son that he made a promise that he won't let the monsters get to him. Uh, there are running out of gas. Everyone is kind of has no idea what to do. The bellowing of the creatures is getting more intense and closer. Uh, his son is starting to wake up, which is the worst part for me. It's like, Jesus Christ, yeah. you got to shoot your son right in the face as his eyes are looking at you. Um, and the way they did that, where it's like it, it's uh, you see the sun start to wake up and then it goes outside the, the, the Land Rover and you just just pow, 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 pow. And the sound like mm-hmm. it did sound like a a fucking big you know hand cannon going off in a confined uh, area, and Thomas Jane staggering out and just completely. I mean, he's bereft. He wants to die. He's like challenging the monsters to come get him as quick as they can because he's 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 yeah. used his last of his 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 strength. That turns out he's got a lot of to to mercy kill all of his friends and family. Mm-hmm. And he goes out to try to find his death. And what does he find? But an M1 Abrams rolling yeah. through the fog. And it all starts to clear as the, with, the military the, comes through and, and torches. Like 30 seconds after yeah, he blew yeah. his son's brains out. Like yeah. that's like. Which to this me. Is, it, it, so so I'm torn on this ending because I, I understand that hope is lost. And, and you know, that's the true uh, emotion of this ending is lost hope. Um. It, but man, you don't even wait until you get thirsty to blow your brains out. You don't. It's tough. What made it I work for me is the bellowing, up, the the external bell. Like, do you wait until this the the tentacle encircles the Land Rover and is shaking it and crushing it, and then you maybe not have a good shot, and your kid screaming, and sure, like, do yeah. you? I mean, yeah, I kind of like, man, do you wait for even 30? Yeah, but like when is, yeah, do you wait till everyone's thirsty? Do you wait until this? And it's easy to look back on it and say, well, if they had just waited until they got thirsty, the military would come through. And who knows? You know, they could have been sitting there for two days getting dehydrated and hungry and fucked with by these monsters and terrified. It would be an an even worse ending. And then the military never comes. Something big could have grabbed them, paralyzed them, pumped them full of eggs, and they all die sure. slowly being eaten from the inside out, screaming. Yeah, like I just thought that, like, man. with with high and that, but then you, and you know that that is what's going to haunt. Like this guy's going to yeah. blow his brains out within as soon as he gets his hand on a rifle, right? Uh, I, I almost and, thought I, like stand up and just death by MP here, like just yeah, run just start attacking, yeah. 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 throw yourself underneath the treads of a right. the, the tanks or something. Because and yeah. what's even worse is. 
um, like because right behind the tanks is this uh, is a column of refugees where there's obvious civilians are being protected. Although I think I was wondering, like, how many people going to walk out of here? Like how many like hmm. are they just being driven to like an open grave or they're going to be machine gun because God knows these guys might they're oh, the soldiers are all wearing full biohaz stuff like these guys might have eggs in them or whatnot. I don't know. And quarantine um, them. Sure. Quarantine. Yeah. It depends on how how evil the the, the government agency is, um, yeah. but how I guess widespread the fog was pretty widespread. Very uh, widespread. Uh, at least at a- hours drive and it's uh-huh. all around. Yeah. No, I'd never seen anything quite like that. Just like such a bleak nihilistic ending. And Thomas Jane just went for it. And like, I thought it was even more effective, like the soldiers approaching him and they're like, almost like not put out or off put, but like taken aback by like, because you can imagine their reaction that they've received to all the other survivors. It's like, Oh man, this guy is just ugly crying and bellowing and wailing and throwing himself on the ground. And they're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, it unsettled. It unsettled the soldiers, for sure. Uh, I like Thomas Jane. I don't think this is his finest performance in, in really? this moment. I think there's something comical about how over the top. Oh and, no! And, and it's maybe it's just me, but I find parts of it hilarious, and so it doesn't quite hit the way it should. But I, I mean, overall, it gets there. I, I can ignore the, the parts that I think are funny. Um, and say, wow, this is a truly horrible situation. Yeah, I was about to make uh, Leonardo DiCaprio like uh, comparisons. Like, I don't know what it looks like to blow it, to put a bullet in, in your eight year old son's head mm-hmm. and then 30 seconds later be rescued. But it probably looks something like that. Like <laughs> <laughs> could. Yeah, I don't know. You know, um, that's pretty, pretty, pretty extreme reaction, but it's a pretty extreme situation. Um Whew, yeah, I felt I felt bad at the end of that movie. Yeah, yeah you're uh, supposed to. Uh, and I think that's that's a brilliant change. Uh, I'm with Stephen King here. I think the movie ending is probably better than the novella's ending, although I haven't seen it. I guess the novella ending is very hopeful. It's like, uh, yeah, he, he whispers they're, they're, to his kid, Nantucket or whatever, wherever they're going, like mm-hmm. uh, some city in Maine, I'm sure. And then hope. And the movie just kind of ends as he's putting him to bed. It doesn't it doesn't go. Yeah, it's like it's it's just before they get. I think it ends just as they get in the Land Rover and start driving. So like, yeah. there's the hope of like they're going to get out of there. Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, this is very. I, and different. Melissa McBride showing that she had survived. She'd walked yeah. all the way back home it, through the mist and that's like such how a, random that's it another, was. Holy fuck! You could have avoided everything that happened if you just walked out of there with her when she suggested it immediately. Well, I, and I saw another um, some from the same interview where Darabont was talking about the making of this, and he had planned a whole scene where one of those flatbed trucks of survivors was going to have, like, recognizably the entirety of the Piggly Wiggly with the religious lady <laughs> and, like, Jesus. really, really twist the knife in the gut that, like, oh, boy, if you had just stayed in place, you'd have been fine. Uh-huh. But I, I guess he had thought of that idea pretty late. And this is a very compressed shoot. I think they shot this whole thing in three weeks and all wow. the characters uh, that were in the store that weren't in the, they had already let, let off the project and they'd already gone uh, off and done. And so like, he couldn't do that, but like that would have been, if that's even, that'd better. be the only way you could make it even worse that the, the religious yeah. nut job that almost uh, killed everybody, her flock trusting mm-hmm. in her, putting her faith in her survived. And Thomas Jane got literally everyone killed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Except for himself. Evil evil man do you think there was a i was joking with my wife it's like if i was thomas jane i would have plugged my son Lori holden the old lady and then stared jeffrey demun right in the eye and blew my own brains out <laughs> <laughs> like, you like deal take, with it, old man. take the credit take the credit for being the strong the strong guy who's gonna is gonna bite the bullet and then, then at the end <laughs> shaft the old man uh-huh. um but also Look, it's did, like, you, I, did you have to shoot your own son in the head i don't think so I was also I doing so, some, gr- some some grim arithmetic. It's like, well, if, what if me and what if me and Jeff put our heads together, our temples together, and try to do it one one yeah. you know one I, bullet I two melons? Yeah. Uh, there's always well, I guess his car was dead too. Because the other thing they could have done if uh, is is done the old uh, hose through the <laughs> the running engine hose through the oh, yeah. 
through the through the window. It's always popular. Just uh, save a gallon of gas for people. Yeah. Like, All right, we're getting the the empty light just came on. Time just to like get you, the hose out. In a horror movie, you always save at least one bullet. In a zombie movie, you always save at least one bullet for yourself. You save you save a half gallon to to for for the passengers mm-hmm. in your car to go to go out relatively peacefully. Yeah, the thing is they left that store in a hurry. They didn't have time to grab the groceries that they had planned. They didn't have time to grab yeah. anything. Yeah, they were just out. Right, because they had the the bloodthirsty cult kind of like yeah. hard on their heels. Uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about when it comes to the mist? I don't think so. What a great horror film. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are recording this thing way in advance of when it's going to be released. So I honestly couldn't tell you what is going to be the next thing that we're going to end up doing. All I can say is there's going to be something next week on Bald Move Pulp. Maybe even a couple things. things. Uh, appreciate you listening. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.